Welcome to From Heart to Healing. My name is Babu Biko. On this podcast, we will explore with other practitioners, primarily from the global south, what a healing-centered, peace-building approach looks like in their context and how they are engaging in healing processes. Our objective is first to support each other in this difficult work, but we also want to discuss how we measure our work and why the work is foundational for working in conflict-affected communities and countries. Today, I am very honored to be hosting Lucy uh, Karambu, uh, who we have been planning uh, this interview for quite some time now, but it is absolutely a pleasure to uh, finally have her on board. Uh, she she does brilliant work, and I'm not I'm not going to preempt it. Uh, I'm going to allow her to um, uh, share it uh, to the audience. So from wherever you're joining us, uh, feel free. Uh, welcome to From Heart to Healing. We're recording live from Nairobi, but we appreciate everybody who's joining from the from Nepal, from Taiwan, uh, from the United States. Uh, to our biggest fans in Kenya, we really appreciate. Uh, we really love that we are uh, making small efforts that are being recognized. I actually want to give a special uh, shout out to uh, Dr. Susan Wyatt, uh, who are, gave a really kind comment to the work that we are doing. Uh, we really appreciate it. We really appreciate that this uh, podcast uh, is uh, also informing some of your research. So we appreciate it and we cannot wait to also host you uh, on this podcast. So uh, once again, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, feel free to leave a comment. Uh, feel free to share on our social media pages. But for now, I would just like to welcome Lucy to our audience. Uh, go ahead and uh, introduce yourself. Hi, good evening, Biko. Uh, thank you so much for uh, having me um, on Heart to Healing. I really appreciate it. And uh, thank you for your patience while we really took a long time to plan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that's really appreciated. Um, I'm Lucy Karambu. That's my name. Um, I'm a Christian. I love the Lord. Um, I find my identity in, in my identity in Christ, and I am a child of God. That's briefly how I can introduce myself. I love um, working with people, and it's that should not be translated as just a cliche because that's commonly used. I love uh, working with people because um, I value relationships. I like to see people in good terms with each other. I I love to see people thrive when they're supported. Um, yes, and um, after many years of uh, practicing in um, um, microenterprise development and microfinance, and uh, a lot doing a lot in the development uh, sector, I took an um, radical. Offshoot. I call it radical because I mean business and trauma management. Those are like two different worlds. Um, yeah. So after many years, I got into um, a trauma management, and happened when um, after uh, years of working microfinance, I volunteered in uh, South Africa with the VSO, um, that is uh, Voluntary Services Overseas. I was based in South Africa. And while I was there, I did a course in Conflict Resolution and Peace Studies. That was at a master's level. 
And I encountered a very interesting approach that really um, got me thinking, you know, how, um, you know, practical the love of God is, you know, this approach, uh, restorative justice, uh, we, did, we did that as a subject. And it was a specific reference to people who are in prison and those are transitioning prison. Yeah. And the, the approach, um, you may know that the, 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 the contrast between restorative justice and retributive justice, mm -hmm. restorative justice is just as restorative as it sounds. It is Christ-like. That's how I describe it myself after learning about it. Because a restorative justice says, let's bring um, two people together. Let's restore really re the relationship that has been broken. Let's, let's bring these two people together and probably they can get reconciled. Let's think about forgiveness. Retributive justice does not care about all that. Just uh, says, uh, you know, the, the offender go to prison and the offended, you can be left out there and, you know, do whatever there is to do. So for me, restorative justice really sounded like, you know, this is what Christ would do with a prisoner, you know? Mm. Yeah. And um, uh, after years of, uh, I wouldn't say there are many years because uh, that was in 2011 when I started doing the course and the writing now, because I would say, restorative justice actually it's like it met my passion and my my values as a christian you know yeah it just like it it triggered something in me you know like this is something i would love to do you know this is this is so restorative this is so christ like this is a practical love uh, way of really showing the love of christ and i started writing down um what i wanted to do in 2013 and I was on my way to South Sudan then. I was working in South Sudan. And, and because it is really, it really disturbed me, I felt like I want to do this now, you know? So I, I shared with somebody, with a leader in Nairobi, uh, thinking they would help me navigate the process and, you know, be able to think about it in a deeper way, maybe support me, you know? Um, and then they told me, yeah, give me more details and I can, you know, I can see how to help. I provided more details, but they were not, uh, they, they, they were not forthcoming with, with help. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, that's how I got into, into um, trauma management. And because after that, now I, I started visiting prisons, attending discharge boards in, in prisons, uh, attending stakeholder meetings, you know, to yeah. just have an understanding. But maybe I will talk about, uh, you know, later how everything, you know, panned out. But basically, that is what I would say um, really uh, describes me in terms of what I do, you know, and what I'm doing now and how it came about. Yes. Because... Yes, that is absolutely uh, brilliant. You you talked about so many things that really, I, I connect with a lot of things. Um when you're talking about um, restorative justice, I've not only have I been fascinated by what is happening in South Africa and exploring it because uh, my my full name is actually Stephen Biko, and from a young age I was always fascinated with um, uh, 
with what was happening in South Africa, so apartheid, um, you know, the fight for independence, um, uh, black empowerment program, all these things, I have always been fascinated. And I've always looked towards also like countries like Rwanda, you know, after the genocide, they went comp- almost full on on restorative justice. And it's, and it, it seems to have worked. Um, so it, it's, it's actually something. So uh, I connect a lot with, um, with what you are saying. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, so my, my, my question, yeah, before we go, get into Resilient women, uh, Woman and uh, how all this happened, my question that, that, that really fascinated me was, did, was it happening at the same time? Were you in micro-enterprise at the same time that you're exploring trauma uh, management? Or is it something that happened uh, while you're doing the micro-enterprise uh, development and then you were like, let me explore, let me, because I, I, I remember, let me, like, if I can just share a personal example, I remember I, I was, I'm a trained journalist. So I remember yeah. I, I, I was in newsrooms and the word trauma was not really top of my head unless I'm doing a story like on mental health. And if I'm yeah. doing that, I'm only doing it like on mental health days, you know, those international holidays. After that, I never really cared about it. Then one day I walk into the Green String Network and I'm like, yeah. how am I not doing this full time? And this is how uh, I got uh-huh. here. So, what what was your journey like? What happened? Actually, um, I when I went to um, South Africa, it was really a personal decision because I felt like I needed exposure to international development. Mm. So that was really a decision that I was very deliberate about. Uh, but doing encountering restorative justice now came as a result because I, I asked myself what I'm doing right now because I was doing business advisory mm. in a treatment, care, and support program for HIV and AIDS. Mm. But that was in a, within I was a, with a livelihood component of that project. Yeah. And so I, I was asking myself, so what, what, can, what more can I do to be able to really become more useful in livelihoods, you know, to mm. enhance what it is that I, I am doing and offering? And, and and what came to my mind is we have not given deep thought to how much conflict at all levels, conflict, not just the, the macro, both, both macro and micro, affect our livelihoods, yeah. you know? How, you know, that is, think about um, a, a person that is, you know, doing their small time business in 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 the in the street of Nairobi for example mm. and there is you know let me just give an example of the post election violence that happened and they cannot do their business you know businesses are destroyed they are burnt down and all that you know mm. We we never we, we just think we, we just uh, think about livelihoods like in isolation. And for me, I was thinking, so what I am doing right now, what course can I do that would really help me bring a perspective, yeah. uh, another perspective? Although it it uh, now as I did uh, when I did the, the the course, I ended up really now getting into trauma management. But my 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 intention and objective was to be to do something that would help me enhance livelihoods um, through the knowledge that I was acquiring through in that course. Mm. Yes, if that makes sense. 
Yes, yes, yes. It's, it, it does. It does. And yeah, for for a, <laughs> for a lot of people, um, especially the post-election violence, it was a, it was a huge turning point. Um, it yes. got a lot. Even in the peace building community, we, we the very first interview we did on this podcast, we 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 talked to Dr. Babu Aindo, and he shared how after the two thousand and seven post-election violence, that's when they had to reframe. And think about mm-hmm. bringing interventions that are healing centered and can really help communities, because mm-hmm. I mean, you I don't know whether you can feel it. Like Kenyans get tense whenever there's an election, you know. Yes, it's, yes, yes. The, <laughs> the tension is absolutely crazy, and you know it's it's going to be. Uh, I know it's hard work, but it's going to be up to us to try and <laughs> reduce this tension for um, uh, future generations. Um, you were you are also yeah, talking yeah. about working in uh, South Sudan. And I was there um, a couple of months ago. And in, in, to, to just sum it up, the, they need healing-centered peace building. They need community healing. They need mm-hmm. restorative justice. They need Lucy. They need Angie. They need Mohammed. Yeah. They need all of us. So I'm I'm really happy uh, with the work that you uh, with the work that you are doing. Uh, b- before we start, because I, I I realized I realized we get into such good conversation with all my guests, and then time runs out. So before time runs out, please talk to us about resilient woman. <laughs> yeah. So um, resilient woman. Resilient woman was born. Um, after now, the visits that I made in prison, the stakeholder meetings, because my uh, the, the restorative justice course and exposed me kind of you know broadened my thinking about you know what can actually be done to um, uh, to heal people who are coming from prison, to restore families, to restore mm. communities, you know, yeah. and to not really, to, 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 to what? To create a community that is not judgmental, a community that, that is not discriminative of uh, people leaving prison, to create communities that are accepting of them and, and give them an environment, you know, that they can... Um, an environment they can be able to thrive when they leave prison because it becomes very difficult for them, yeah. for, 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 for men and women when they leave prison. In fact, it is better, many of them will say that it's better for them to be in prison. Yeah. And so um, after now making a visit in prison, just um, having an assessment of you know, what's up, what happens in prison, just to have, an, uh, to have a feel of what's happening in prison, um, Initially, I actually thought that what I would offer was my business skills. Mm. I not thought about trauma management, mm. even if I'd done restorative justice. All that I knew is it, it, it was important to work with people who are transitioning prison and they need support, and this is how we can support them. Mm. Um, I, I mean, we can apply the restorative uh, approach, uh, justice approach to, to to support them. And so, after visiting prison, I, I before visiting prison, I thought I can offer my my business skills because that's my background. But after that, I realized no, this is not what they need. 
they, because most of them have been exposed to a lot of uh, potentially traumatizing experiences, their journeys into prison, their childhood experiences, they have really been traumatized. And even their time during prison. Yeah. So when they are leaving prison, then they would need support with trauma management to help them heal. And healing is not a is not a, is not an event. Even if you 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 sub, you you do a training in trauma management and support them, it is a journey. But that was an important um uh, or the priority intervention. That's what uh, we discovered. And so I, I now, uh, then um, after, after those visits and just having a feel of what happens and the needs, I talked to a few of my friends. Mm. Some of them we had worked with, you know, we had volunteered in South Africa. There's some that we had worked with in, um, in, in South Sudan. There are some that we went to college together. And, and others we just met in the journey of life. So I, I, I talked to them and then we had a meeting and I explained to them what was going through my mind. And you know that thing and really, really consumed me. I was talking to them as though they would buy the idea, you know. Mm. Immediately I shared with them. But I I, I, I got a feel uh, that some of them were, were really not sure what it is I was talking about. Mm. But like you and I know that you know when you are you are the vision carrier of a responsibility to to let people understand and know what it is that you are you know you are up to and it might be it might not be a one day thing so anyway with time um we 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 were able to uh, put together a, a, a number of come together a number of us mm-hmm. um 10 of us and uh, in 2014 that was in may i remember very well May, uh, yeah, 24th of May, 24th of May, yeah, 2014, mm-hmm. we, we we formed the Resilient Woman and it was registered in 2016. And then we, we started the programs. Um, and uh, remember, um, identifying that the need, the, 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 the emotional and psychosocial need um, being the first intervention, mm-hmm. at that time I didn't have any skills in trauma management. Remember, mm-hmm. so um, at this, around the same time, now 2014, I went to work in Tanzania, mm-hmm. and while I was there, I I got to see a, a post on on Facebook about healing and rebuilding our communities, mm-hmm. and I went through that, and I, I just realized, hey, this this looks like something uh, these women would benefit from. Mm-hmm. given their situation. And then I, I, I negotiated the price. It was happening in Rwanda. I went, I, I attended the training in Rwanda um, for, for two weeks. And then another one week, we went out to, to practice in the communities. And then using the, um, the trainers from uh, healing and the, the organizers of healing and rebuilding our communities, we did our very first training mm-hmm. in Langata yeah. in December 2015. Mm-hmm. It was really, really um, uh, exciting to 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 just be able to to speak to the women, mm-hmm. and we took we, we we took a different approach. Instead of having just the the the, the inmates, we requested the administration, although it was a bit difficult, we requested the administration to allow us to also have the 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 the, the women the, the the officers become part of it because we wanted to. Um, have a trauma-informed, we wanted to bring a trauma-informed perspective. Uh-huh. 
the reason why we wanted to have to bring on board the officers is because we thought it was important to have a trauma informed uh, perspective from the office on the from this um, on the side of the the officers because you know because that you may support somebody who is experiencing trauma or who has experienced trauma mm. and they are on their journey to healing, but the interactions that they have, the relationships that they have start in their way of, of healing. Mm. And so we thought maybe the way they, they are, the, the officers handle them, you know, the way they speak to them, the way that is important to kind of let them know that they might be creating a layer of, of, of trauma in one way or the other. And so getting them on board. And we, we had a training for, for both of them. It was very, very productive. Yeah, so that was the very first, that was um, the very first uh, uh, training that we had with uh, with resilient woman in, 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 uh, in, uh, in, in Langata. And then later we had trainings in Meru with purely with officers for trauma-informed care and then later in, in Kericho. So that's how basically a resilient woman uh was formed and uh, you know how we started the activities because yeah I, absolutely I, I love how you've broken uh, that down I love that you did not shy away from saying that not everybody shared in your vision and it's it's all right you know uh, a lot of people yeah. feel if they don't have everybody on board then it will crash but at, at some point you have to remember you're the one who's carrying the vision and you're the one who knows what you what needs to be done and uh, you know you just have to uh, uh, do the work so we really appreciate and for anybody who's who's interested uh, if i'm not wrong uh, resilient woman on twitter is at resilient woa you can go out and uh, yeah. check out the, the the work that they are doing uh, you can follow lucy carambo on social media uh, she has amazing posts um, <laughs> so you can feel free to check out and if if you have any comments uh, there was absolutely, uh, I'm being told there was absolutely fantastic feedback uh, from uh, Mohammed's interview. So if you have any questions, any follow-ups you want to reach out to Lucy, uh, feel free to reach out directly to her. Leave a comment or reach out to at GSN Africa or the Green String Network. At GSN Africa is on Twitter. On Instagram is Green String Africa. Uh, on Facebook is also the Green String Network. I have a feeling I've said Greenstring Africa. It's Greenstring Network on Instagram. Greenstring so, Network. Yes, the Greenstring Network. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, I think you're just having a vision that it's, uh, you know, yeah. spreading out to Africa. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's just, uh, yeah, it's one of those things that I really appreciate. Even this podcast, when we started it, we had a couple of listeners and now everybody's just sharing in and saying, uh, you're doing a good job. So let me just be the first to tell you today, if you've not had it, you're doing an amazing job. And uh, yeah, we, 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 we really hope, I mean, you can get as much help and as much support as possible to reach as many women as possible. Um, unfortunately, Lucy, I know we had quite a lot more to talk about, but, but I'm going to ask you to um, give your final comments because I see we have about two minutes left. I can't believe we've already talked oh. close to half an hour, if you can believe that. So okay, it is time has gone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if if perhaps there is something uh, you I may have missed or something you want the 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 audience to know, feel free to to share. Yeah, I think for me, um, we cannot overemphasize the importance of um, uh, 
trauma management, um, uh, trauma-informed care, in all community initiatives, it's, we can't do, there's nothing that we can do uh, without uh, looking at that aspect of our lives, because then um, uh, if people are traumatized, there's nothing they, they, they can do. Families are broken, people are, are, are wounded, you know, and there's nothing they can do. And so we cannot, we cannot do things, we cannot run our lives without asking, how healed are we? You know, are we wounded? Are we healed? How can we heal? That is really, really important. And it's not just a physical healing. It is emotional healing. It is a, the psychological healing. It is emotional healing, you know, that is required. And, you know, um, and healing at individual individual levels and then at the community level. And then it, it, it uh, you know, the, the, um, the, the ripple effect is felt at the nation and of course at the worldwide level. Because when, when individuals are healed, when families are healed, the communities are healed, and then we experience um, a ripple effect of, you know, peace in the countries and peace in the world. But it's something that I, I like to say as a Christian, because sometimes it is, um, uh, I think that uh, it's taken out of, uh, or maybe it's misunderstood, should I so to say, uh, the importance of, of, of talking or the importance of a therapy um, in, in trauma healing or in, in dealing with our trauma. Um, as a Christian, I believe there's a place of prayer and there's a place of therapy. There's a place of talking about the issues that you're experiencing, speak that out, and there's a place of prayer. And, um, and, and that is what I would appeal to with, without just, uh, you know, belittling any part of, of, of this because prayer is important. I am a Christian. I believe in prayer. But I also believe that it is important to give a chance to this person that you're praying for to speak, what to, to talk about what it is that they are going through so that then you are able to help them develop solutions. And those solutions, we can commit to, to them to God in prayer. You know, those are strategies that you're saying. We are developing strategies together with the people that we are supporting and getting them, uh, you know, praying that, you know, we are going to be able to implement them. So that is what I would say in, in closing, Biko. And um, to say thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to to talk to you uh, through heart to healing yeah thank you so much uh thank you so much for those comments yeah one of the uh one of the ways i also find strength a lot is in prayer um i pray a lot and it really um uh, definitely helps i i think your your your, your sentiments uh, resonate especially with me and uh, I, I, I appreciate, I should be the one who's thanking you because uh, you've shared your journey and I really hope somebody listens to this and um, is thinking of starting something, is thinking of healing the community, the nation, the, an individual, and they can begin to be brave and to, you know, uh, start taking those steps. So uh, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us on From Heart to Healing. And uh, thank you so much to everybody who has tuned in today. Uh, like we said, feel free to share your comments, share with your friends, tell them we're also available on Spotify, we're available on Google Podcast, we're available on Anchor FM, and we're also working to get us on Apple Podcast. So tune in for that. Uh, but for tonight, it's around 8.31 p.m. in Nairobi. I don't know what time you'll be listening to this. 
but it's 8 31 p.m in nairobi we have to say good night to lucy and good night to you from wherever you're listening You can also check out our regular blog on LinkedIn, authored every Monday by our executive director, Dr. Angie Yoda-Maina. Remember, when healing-centered approaches are used, we reach families, communities, governments, organizations, and society at large, responding to the deeply embedded injuries caused by chronic violence, structural iniquities, and systems created to harm, not to heal. It is very heavy work, but it's the work we love to do. See you next time.